get this back on there. Weekly live podcast I'm recording. Um, and this is something that, uh, as you guys that have been on for the last couple of weeks know, that I am um, attempting to bring more value through this Facebook group by taking questions in advance, uh, taking uh, investments that people would like me to review in advance, and um, going live. And so what I, I ended up getting a couple of questions uh, ahead of time about um, uh, a few different investments. And so I'm definitely going to uh, review those. Um, and as you guys always know as well, the, these investments that I'm going over aren't, uh, they're not investment advice. I'm not recommending these stocks or ETFs. Uh, this is just for informational and educational purposes, uh, not meant to be uh, investment advice. And so um, I, I did a little bit of um, digging into, into Disney because somebody asked about Disney as the stock. Um, I didn't run through my uh, big four-step factor because uh, I researched Disney actually uh, earlier this year, and um, you know from the from the story side, which is one of my points. Uh, you guys know that, uh, or you don't know, uh, but Disney story sucks. You know they they are um, struggling with the ESPN uh, deal. The revenue hasn't really grown uh, a lot, even with the big blockbuster hits that they've had recently. And so it's still not a stock that I really like. It's not outperforming uh, the market uh, relative to um, the global index that I use. And by the way, I'm going to say some things like global index, relative strength, um, 10 day uh, or 10 month moving average, uh, fundamental stories. If, if y'all miss the episode from last week, it's on my podcast, uh, May 15th. It's also in the previous Facebook group. But go check that out. I, I really explain my process uh, so that I don't have to take a lot of time going through it on this one. Uh, but um, uh, Disney uh, did not perform better than the boring global stock index that I use to, to benchmark it against or track it against. Um, so it's not something I really like. And I don't really want to. And so I'm, um, that was relatively simple. Like I, I knew it got knocked out by two things because the story sucks and relative strength sucks. So. Um, uh, that was a no-go on the Disney, in my opinion. Let me get to some more interesting ones. Uh, I looked at Microsoft, right? And I'll, and I'll start with the story of Microsoft. I, I looked at Microsoft, uh, in full disclosure, I, I actually bought some as I was looking at it because uh, Microsoft, interesting, Microsoft was the tech leader in the 90s when Bill Gates ran it. Um, they took a little lull. Um, Google uh, started to take some market share from them and a bunch of other tech companies. Um, but a couple of years ago, they acquired LinkedIn, and that's interesting to me because, um, as you guys know who watched last week, I like Facebook a lot because uh, their ability to help businesses market to other people and businesses is, is really nice, and, and the ad product is relatively cheap. I think LinkedIn is an emerging, uh, although not new, uh, social media platform because I personally use it. And I'm seeing more people get on it. I'm seeing the big influencers get on it. I'm seeing them improve the ad product. And since Microsoft owns that, I think that's going to be uh, really great revenue for Microsoft. And then for Microsoft uh, to be able to tie their products into the LinkedIn product can potentially be huge. Now, I'm um, 
the story is not as compelling as the, as the story that I like because um, their CEO, like I like to see a founder CEO and Microsoft, Microsoft no longer has a founder CEO. They have another CEO and the street likes them, the street being Wall Street. But I, I haven't seen anything in the way of innovation. So that's like a, a notch against it. But some of the positives are Microsoft is above that 10 month moving average that I like, uh, which is a good sign. Uh, it has a stronger relative strength uh, than uh, the global, than the average global stock index, or than the average global stock using my ACWI stock index. Um, um, the five-year revenue growth is positive, although not not super amazing. Like it's four percent a year, um, um, but if you call guys recall from my other video, it's it's higher than the. Uh, 10 year treasury rate so all other things being equal i like it uh for the potential of what it of what it could do um it's it's just something i'm owning watching very closely um again it's not something that i really love like uh, like facebook amazon or google but it's it's more in the apple category where it's just something attractive to own um that very well may likely help me get better than uh the average stock over time but we'll see so that's Microsoft. Tesla, man, I've been looking at Tesla for uh, a few years now because I have a one of like one of my closest friends, uh, I think, still owns the stock, but asked me about it, and I always tell them, "Hey, man, look, they are not making any money." And when I looked at the stock to do the review, they're still not making any money. Um, their revenue is growing a lot. I mean, the revenue growth over the last five years. Um, was like very good, um, nine point ninety five point three six percent a year. So that's like doubling in revenue every year on average, which is which is phenomenal, right? Um, they're below the ten month moving average. Um, they have grown um, slower as far as stock price um, than the average global stock uh, over the last three years, right? And um, and they're still losing money. And they're in the news for some controversy. Uh, Wall Street's getting tired of Elon Musk losing money, um, so he had a blowout. Um, but I'm I'm not a big fan of Tesla, uh, just because he is single-handedly creating an industry. And if you guys have listened to me for a little bit, you know how I feel about the railroad principle. The railroad principle being, it's it's very difficult to make money investing in a new industry when you look at railroads or the gold rush or any technology 99 like anytime you invest in a new industry is very difficult to make money and he is single-handedly creating a new industry um and so he's likely going to lose money for a period of time he may end up being the winner but like just wait until the winner is clear established and the winner being a company that's making money and all the things i like to see are lining up and so tesla for me is a no-go in my humble opinion ulta so Ulta is a stock that that did well for a long time from the recession because um, you know their story is uh, their retail model is set up to where they have a lot of raving fans who who, who love this store. The store they're able to sell expensive products and inexpensive products in the same place. They have not yet felt pressure from the Amazon effect that's crushing other retailers. Um, they have nice client rewards, um, and so they were they were doing well. 
Um, their revenue over the last five years have grown at about 21.52% a year, which is good. Uh, the moving average, the 10 month moving average is positive, but you know, it's above that. Um, it's, it hasn't grown, uh, uh, over the last three years stronger than the average global stock. Um, however, it's just, it's an interesting stock. I'm, 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 I'm neutral on it. It's one that I'm going to keep on my watch list and just keep watching. Uh, because I think the, the, the big reason why it's not done as well on the relative strength part is because it ran up so much the previous years before. Sometimes stocks just got to take a pause. And so um, I'm watching it, um, keeping a close eye on it. But it's an interesting stock, especially because they've seemed to continue to protect themselves from uh, from the Amazon effect. Exxon Mobil, uh, the, big, the big boring old stock, the John D. Uh, Rockefeller, um, what is it, Standard Oil, that's John D. Rockefeller's company. Um, that's what, you know, Exxon Mobil basically is. Um, uh, but I pulled that because gas prices are going up and they sell a lot of gas. So I, just, I was interested to see what they were doing. So they're above the moving average. Um, their revenue growth over the last five years has been negative. Not surprised because oil has gone down over the last five years and it's just beginning to move back up so it makes sense for the five-year average to be negative right now um it hasn't the stock price hasn't grown more than the average global stock over the last five years again uh, not surprised but the reason why i'm going to still look at this is because when you have a trend change you know when you have uh the you know us possibly moving into an environment where oil prices are going to rise for a sustained period of time, which happens. Um, this stock gets real interesting because they're the winner. So I'm watching it, watching it real close. Um, I'm not personally buying it yet, um, but I am. I am watching. So you can call me a neutral uh, on that as well. And again, for all that you, got, all that you, not, uh, I mentioned before, and I'll mention this again. Um, I'm not a huge fan of putting a whole lot of your money in individual stocks, right? Because you can do all your research, you can get everything right, and a CEO can like be lying to you, and the company can go under, i.e. Enron, uh, WorldCom, other companies. Um, but, you know, if you want to take 5, 10, 15, 20% of your money uh, and buy a few different stocks with it to maybe enhance potentially what you can do in investing, uh, go ahead. But I'm a huge fan of putting the majority of your money in a diversified fund. Specifically, I love ETFs, exchange-traded funds that are low-cost and get you diversification. They also trade on stock exchange, which you don't expose yourself to single-stock risk. Um, but I just know I have clients and people um, that still buy individual stocks. I just want to know how to think about business uh, and looking. And stocks are pieces of ownership and business. So I thought this may provide some value. Uh, one other question I got that I'll go over, um, and for those of y'all that are uh, that are watching, um, feel free to drop any comments and questions that you may have um, during here. But um, I got a question about binary options, and without boring you to death, those are basically super lotto tickets. And so my conversation was like, stay away from, not worth your time at all, in my humble opinion. Um, another, another question I got, um, was Philip, you know, what do you think about, um, cryptocurrency or trading currencies 
uh, in general. And so <clears throat> the reason the reason why I'm just not a big fan of currencies in general, you got to understand why some hedge funds trade currencies, right? Currency markets are the most liquid markets, like bonds and currencies are super liquid. So if you're a big money manager managing billions of dollars and your business is to manage money, you're getting billions and billions of dollars from big corporations, rich families, and pension funds to manage it. It's difficult for you to manage all that money in stocks um, because um, it's, just, it's, just, it's just too much money. So you got to be going to the currency market and bond markets, which require you to borrow a lot of money to invest. Like you can, you can put in a little money and borrow a whole lot when you're using currencies and bonds to amplify your return. And that's why a lot of big hedge funds trade them. But it's a, it's a difficult game uh, to play for the individual investor, and you don't have to to earn similar returns to these hedge funds that trade commodities because you can buy stocks. And because you don't have the, the amount of money that they have. The other reason is, think about this. People debate, well, Philip, the U.S. dollar may not be the currency that we trade on in the future. And that's true. I mean, in our lifetime, it may not be uh, the dominant currency. Here's my point, though. Well, if you like Big Macs or if you like iPhones, if you own the company that sells the products that you like or that other people like, if you own the company, it doesn't matter what they trade in, right? Uh, Apple uh, sells iPhones in the yen. They sell iPhones in um, uh, the dollar. They sell iPhones in every country, every currency in every major country. So they don't, you know, they, they don't care how you buy it. You're going to buy it no matter what the currency is that you're buying it from. And so if you own the company, then you're going to be able to trade in whatever currency people are trading for. And that people will always want to trade their money for things. And over the long term, if you look at the history of currencies, they're not, on average, um, going to grow more than inflation over the long term. However, if you look at businesses, since people are using currency to buy products and services, those have grown at a faster pace than inflation. So focus on the businesses and you'll pick up um, uh, the gains from um, the growth in the economy, which is another play that people try and do when they're doing currencies, whether it's Bitcoin with the new economy uh, or other currencies, right? So that's just my thoughts. You don't need to trade currencies. And if you do, you need to understand that you're going against um some Wall Street killers, not in the literal sense, but in the figurative sense. So I hope this helps somebody uh, make some money, not lose any money, or just think um, investing involves risk. You can lose money when investing. So, so like seek your own financial counsel and investment counsel. This is not meant to be that. This is for informational and educational purposes. Y'all enjoy y'all day. I'm going to go watch the Rockets. Hopefully, try to pull off a win with Golden State, um, but i got a feeling that I'm going to be pretty upset later on tonight. Y'all have a good evening.